The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. Now, I know many of you are very happy that we try to keep our shows as commercial-free as we possibly can. And that's thankfully all due to the support of our, our fine patrons over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. But this week on top five, we're bringing you nothing but advertisements as we count down our top five memorable TV adverts, our top five memorable TV adverts. And I'm going to start things off this week uh, going all the way back to, I think 1974 is when the jingle version of this uh, came out, but uh, it was certainly popular all through the 70s, 80s and into the early 90s, where you had two all beef patties, special <laughs> sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, all on a sesame seed bun. Of course, I am talking about the McDonald's Big Mac commercial. Uh, it started out just as how fast can you say it? And then they got the jingle in about 1974. And then there was a, uh, a rhymey, rappy version that came out in the 80s. And then Shaquille yeah. O'Neal even did one, I think, in the early 90s. So the Big Mac jingle has been around forever. At least the, the two all beef patties uh, uh, rhyme has been around forever. And so I think it deserves a spot, not the top spot, but it definitely deserves a spot on my top five TV adverts. Matthew, what do you have for your number five? My number five, I actually, this one I had to work hard on because it was so difficult to narrow them down for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I'm old. And two, I worked in television. So I've seen a lot of commercials. And it, at one point for a very long time, it was my job to run the commercials. So I may remember some that you guys don't, but... I feel like virtually everybody who was born anywhere after about 1975 remembers my number five. And it's the crazy glue commercial where the man glues his head to a girder and they lift the steel girder and the crazy yeah. glue holds him up in the air. I think Weird Al Yankovic actually references it in his song, Mr. Popeil, which took me 30 years to realize was a, uh, parody of the b-52s so mm. i'm i'm clearly one of the brightest bulbs at the bottom of the barrel but even if you don't know what crazy glue is and at this point i didn't i had no idea my family was not a crazy glue family we were you know the little white bottle with the cow on it my grandmother was a a teacher for many years so that crazy glue was newfangled you know stuff but that commercial sticks with me today I want to say I was maybe nine or 10 when it came out and then they kept updating it and you'd see like new versions throughout the nineties of guys gluing their heads to stuff. And I'm just like, if I could get a job well, like that, let's be a little clear. The guy's not gluing his head to a girder. He's gluing a hard hat <laughs> like a helmet, yeah. Yeah, to the he's girder and then he's hanging on to the helmet. I mean, that uh, was as, kind as of, they lift him up. 
that was like on their products, right? Like you'd pick up the crazy glue and there'd be like a little yeah. cartoon guy yeah, glued, yeah. To, yeah, glued yeah. to the thing. Yeah. And so, you know, even though I've never used crazy glue without coating every single fingertip in glue, uh, I always remember that commercial when I have to mm-hmm. try and bond things permanently. There you go. Very good. Uh, Rodrigo, what about you? What is your number five memorable advertisement? Uh, my number five is the most recent one on my list. And judging from yours, I'm going to guess the most recent one on the show. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, you might be right, right, at least for mine. My my last one was 1990 something. So, yeah, my so this one came out actually either this or last year or the year before. Um, it is the Little Caesars hot and ready lunch combo. And all it is, is uh, you're in an, there. We see an office and there's a guy who is like, hey, you guys going to get in on that little Caesars hot and ready lunch combo. And then he makes this like, <laughs> like kind of like malevolent, gr- like smile face and starts rubbing his hands together. <laughs> and then like you cut to the person that he's talking to and he's like, oh, the hot and ready lunch combo. Yeah. And then. The lady who says it also starts rubbing her hands together and there's a guy behind her and he also starts rubbing his hands together. And they just cut to like five more people in the office making like this like little sly gremlin face and rubbing their hands together. I don't know. The first time I saw it, I busted out laughing. Like that is, yeah, it's just like, I think about it all the time. Sometimes I'm like, I'm hungry. What should I get? And I like make a little goblin face and start rubbing my hands together, which is <laughs> not a thing you should do. Like, no. I mean, in my should. head, I'm I mean, referencing this ad, but it's like nobody else has seen it. They're like, um, Rodrigo's about to commit serial murder. Yeah. It's like, I mean, oh, somebody's somebody's activating goblin mode. Yeah. <laughs> What's worse, rubbing your hands together or, uh, you know, tapping all of your fingers together and saying, excellent. Yeah, that. It's kind of like that. Or rubbing your, your, what is it like when you're washing your hands, but you're not actually washing your hands. You're just, just like wringing, wringing your, your hands. hands together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, it's very one. similar to that. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, <laughs> the reason why the Big Mac made my number five on the list is because we actually went to McDonald's today and got a Big Mac. And when I opened up the container, I actually looked at it and said, wow, this is the smallest Big Mac that I have ever seen. And I went and looked to see if if the Big Mac has gotten smaller over the years. And it is a huge debate online on whether the Big Mac is getting smaller or not. I feel like it's getting smaller. In fact, it actually prompted me to remember my number four commercial where three old ladies are sitting around a hamburger and they lift off off the top of the bun. And they're looking at this little tiny patty. And this old lady is like, where's the beef? And that is the thing from Wendy's. From 1984, uh, that kicked off a whole, I don't know, generation of people screaming, where's the beef? Either as the punchline to a joke or a porno movie or just when they're going through the drive through at McDonald's looking for their Big Mac, screaming, where's the beef? In fact, I think Ronald Reagan even used it uh, in yeah. one of his debates with Walter Mondale, if I'm not mistaken, or somebody asked he that, did. asked that question. So, uh, you know, when a former president, granted an evil president, uh, right. you know, is, is quoting your, your, uh, your Wendy's commercial, then you know that it has hit the zeitgeist of, of the world. So my number four, where's the beef from 1984 from Wendy's? Uh, I, yeah, go I ahead. I still prefer Herb myself, but yes. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for number four? My number four 
Uh, and thank you, Rodrigo. Not all of my commercials are 100 years old. Okay, my number right. four is 100 years old um, because it is from not merely my childhood, but the childhood of people even older than me, like my wife. And it goes like this. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? The world may never know, Stephen. Let's find out. One, two, three. Crunch. Three. Yep. yep. It's still playing these days because it has become iconic. The original actually has more characters in it. I didn't remember this until I started looking it up, but I found the original one from like 19... With the, with the turtle? With a cow. It starts with talking to a cow. And then they're like, oh, then he goes and talks to the turtle. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember the turtle, but not very often. Most of the time, they would just show like a 10-second bumper with the owl. But there's apparently a cow and a fox and a turtle in the original 30-second thing. And then you get to the end of the commercial, and they actually cut out one of the uh, moments that I remember. There's one thing I can't stand. It's a smart owl. But... I really love the fact that the turtle talks like this because that's one of my go-to voices. And I really do feel like the reason I have that go-to old man voice is because the turtle in the classic Tootsie Roll commercial from, I don't know, let's say 1964 talked like that. Was it 64? Man, it feels more like an early 70s uh, piece. 64 wasn't too far from the early 70s. I can't find an origination date on it. And, of course, you know how the Internet is really bad for things like that. They're like, only 90s kids will remember this. And I'm like, I was born in 1970, and I remember that. Yeah. Student. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number four? Uh, My number four is an older commercial. Uh, It's from the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> um, you'll find that I mean the '90s was a long time ago. Actually, um, I've I've come to realize. Uh, so back in the day, uh, younger listeners may not realize that back uh, a long time ago, uh, video games looked like garbage. Um, <laughs> a lot of them were a lot of fun, but. Often, it was hard to tell what was happening in a video game when you showed it on TV. So the majority of video game ads didn't actually feature the game. Right. Um, and instead, they would feature some sort of situation that uh, referred to the game. Um, so my number four is the Final Fantasy III, uh, like, casting call um, commercial. In mm-hmm. which uh, there's a little, there's Mog from the game, the little uh, Moogle. He looks like a little white teddy bear with like a kind of like a koala nose and a little gangly. Dog. Yeah, he's got like a little antenna. You know, Moogle's her thing. They're, they're part of the game. And then uh, so a monster walks into his office and he zaps it. And then he's like, next. And then another monster comes in. And he zaps it too, and like a bunch of cool, sort of like claymation y type monsters uh, or animated monsters come in. And then uh, you see that somebody uh, takes all the dust from them getting zapped and scoops it into a uh, box for the Super NES Final Fantasy III game, right? 
And yes, I know that it's Final Fantasy VI in Japan. Calm down. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it uh, to me, uh, I, I liked it a lot. Eventually, I did end up playing Final Fantasy uh, III and having played it and realizing that it's a turn-based game in which your characters look like, uh, you know, 8-bit sprites, but the enemy characters look like fully painted, um, essentially fantasy art uh, that then gets transferred into like a 16-bit reproduction. Yeah, if they showed if they showed any of this game, people would have been like, what am I looking at? Right? It's like, you kind of had to go in blind and trust that the game was going to be good. And it was good. It is a good game. Uh, which is probably part of the reason why I remember the ad as well. So yeah, my number four, uh, Final Fantasy III uh, casting call ad. Nice. Uh, Matthew, your Tootsie Roll Pop uh, commercial mm-hmm. was produced in 1968, but didn't Ooh. go to air until 1970. Okay. So... There you go. So we were both wrong. Yes. Uh, probably wronger than you. Listen, if I'm going to have a McDonald's ad and I'm going to have a Wendy's ad, I sure as heck better complete the trifecta before the burger gods come down at us. Uh, For some reason in the 1970s, maybe this kicked, I don't know why this may have kicked it off. Maybe Broadway became more of a, a thing for people to go to, but there were like huge production numbers in commercials where you had like all out show tune extravaganza in your commercial. And Burger King certainly did this as a response to the Big Mac ad in 1973 with their, you know, have it your way ad where it's like, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders, donuts, upset us. And then all of a sudden the whole uh, Burger King just explodes as people are dancing and twirling and trays everywhere. And it's like just this big thing. But the uh, the Burger King have it your way. Again, another song that caught on uh, very quickly and coasted probably for a decade plus uh Mm -hmm. for for burger king and even though it's still their slogan have it your way uh i don't see a lot of people singing that song nor do i see the women behind the counter wearing those big giant hamburger hats that 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 they used to wear you know they were kind of like a baseball cap but it was like twice or three times as high um probably because it was the hair net requirement and that's how they did it i don't know but uh, the Have It Your Way Burger King commercial from 1973, still a catchy jingle. I still like that one a lot. They've revived that jingle recently. Oh, they have? Okay, cool. I'm going to have yeah. to track oh, yeah. that down. My, my nephew. Throughout the, throughout the 90s, too, it would just pop up and you'd hear it like in the background of a commercial. Yeah, my, my nephew, who is a legit child that is plugged into the zeitgeist, the other day he just like recited it to me, like the new version. Mm-hmm. Um, like recited it to me and I was like, you kids are into some weird stuff, but I like it. <laughs> I think, I think uh, both uh, McDonald's and Burger King should hire Lin-Manuel Miranda to uh, update both of those jingles. Yeah. Have you, guys seen, have you guys seen Lin-Manuel Miranda orders a pizza? No, I haven't. No. Go to YouTube when you get a okay. chance and put in, or ha- it's either that or Hamilton orders a pizza. All right. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for your number three? My number three is, from the year 2013, Rodrigo. All right, all right. And it it is actually one of those commercials that you know we talk about a zeitgeist. They're they're not called that anymore. They're called viral moments. But I still remember the just hysterical 
giggles that came uh, when my child and their, we say cousin, but there's no actual blood there. But, you know, it's, you know, my wife's best friend's daughter takes a whole lot too long to say. So essentially, my daughter and her cousin saw this commercial and were just giggly, giggly, giggly the whole time because the commercial goes, I just shipped my pants. Uh, my number three is this Kmart commercial where this guy is talking about how easy and, and safe it was to ship something from the Kmart. He shipped his pants. And then someone else is like, yeah, I got this new dresser and I just shipped my drawers. And it's just this endless series of phrases that if you say them quickly enough, sound like they might be off color. And it really appeals to the side of me that is eight, uh, which is to say most of me. But if you've never seen this commercial, the real, I think the real wonder of it for me as, you know, the voice nerd and the person who used to like actually voice commercials professionally is how clearly they legally have to say the word shipped and how every one of these actors makes sure that that word is clearly and distinctly shipped so that you cannot come after them if you actually listen to the commercial closely enough. It is truly a wonder of nature incredibly memorable you know i can't believe it's been 10 years first of all but then again i can't believe anything has been 10 years because you know i'm 157,000 years old but if you've never seen it uh, actually all of mine are on youtube because that's where things live now but you should definitely check it out and listen very closely to the way that people speak all right rodrigo what is your number three memorable tv advertisement my number three is, I think, one that a lot of people remember from when it came out. And if they don't remember it, they they have since seen it because it's actually gone viral a few times. Um, and I think it was like a TikTok trend for a while. And that's the Starburst Berries and Cream commercial with the little lad. Go no, on. I, I've not <laughs> I've not seen this one, but please uh, oh, expand. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the commercial goes a like. Uh, there's two guys. One of them is eating the new berries and cream Starburst, and he's like, "Hey, have you tried these new berries and cream Starburst?" And and a uh, a small person, yes, who very much looks like a full grown adult, but is like very short and skinny, uh, <laughs> and dressed in like Edwardian, like young boy garb, yeah. like dressed um, like someone out of Nicholas Nickleby or Oliver. Yeah, Smith. yeah, exactly. Um, comes up. And and asks them to repeat what what he said. He's like, oh, it's berries. He's like, berries and what else? And it's like cream. And then he does a weird little dance and sings yes. about he's how he's a little lad who loves berries and cream. Berries and the and whole cream. time, he sort of berries and cream. Yeah, the whole time he's sort of looking at them as if at any moment now they were going to get the reference that he's making. Like <laughs> they should know who this little lad who loves berries and cream is like, they should recognize him. Um, but of course they don't now. Hilariously, this commercial has become very popular and itself become a meme. So now people do recognize the little lad from this commercial. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the first time you see it, you're like, why is like, is this something? Am I, is this like a reference to something? And it's not. It's an absolute non sequitur. Yeah. Um, like a lot of commercials it. were in the early 2000s. Yeah. I, I remember it now that I look at it. It's either Emo yeah. Phillips or uh, Mr. Bean uh, screaming <laughs> and shouting. He, he does, he does kind of look like, uh, like Mr. Bean a little bit. 
Yeah. When Zabeth was in choir their senior year, uh, they always do a version of Jingle Bells where the group actually comes up with little asides and things. And one of the asides they did was 25 kids simultaneously doing the dance and singing Berries and Cream. Mm -hmm. So they're singing Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. They stop and then they do the little lad song. And I just died. And I was literally the only adult in the room laughing because she had shown this to me so many times and all the other parents were like, what the hell? Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, my number two is one that I show to my students a lot uh, because we talk about, you know, one of the best things that can happen to you is to fail and, you know, uh, failing a grade, failing a project. That's, you know, not a big deal. It's, it's so you can grow and be better the next time and learn from your mistakes. And I always play them the Michael Jordan Nike commercial where he talks about all of the failures. You know, he's like, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. It's a great commercial. It is Michael Jordan walking uh, into a game. You know, he's wearing his street clothes and everybody's taking pictures of him as he's walking down the hallway. And he talks about uh, failure. It's a great little powerful commercial. And I, I think more people need to go in and track that thing down. It's very um, easy to find on YouTube and, and, and whatnot. I wish that Nike would put up a, a higher resolution version of it because I think the one that's up there is only like 320 by 240 or something like that. It is a really low resolution version of the commercial. But it's great because I think a lot of people get too worked up over failure and they don't think about, you know, what is failure there to do. And uh, I think uh, Michael Jordan needs to step out every once in a while and, and remind people about all the times that he's failed, even when he had a bad mustache choice. That was a, that was a failure that uh, I think he's learned from. So there you go. Uh, Matthew, what is your number two? My number two is memorable for reasons both good and bad. And I think that a lot of people these days are just going to focus on the things that well, these days they call it NARM. When I was a kid, they called it the cheese factor. But when this commercial came out, and I want to say probably, again, would have been about the time Stephen and I were born, um, the commercial was incredibly powerful. And it still carries a punch. Uh, and it also carries a punch in that if you go look for it online, the name of the commercial is now actually... I don't know if it's officially a slur, but it's definitely inappropriate. And I'm referring, of course, to the crying Native American uh, Keep America Beautiful campaign from the 70s with uh, a man named Iron Eyes Cody. No, that guy, see I don't think that guy was an actual Native American. I think he was an Italian, wasn't he? Like, I honestly don't remember. I'd be surprised if he was um, because I know he was an actor and I think he got his name from a character that he played in a movie. But you see him actually just canoeing across a lake through sewage, you know, visible trash, past smokestacks to a terrible, you know, scuzzy beach. He walks up to the side of the highway and you see people throwing trash out of their cars. And he just looks to the camera with a tear in his eye, yeah. completely stoic. And it's just like, oh, oh, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's good commercial. It's still got a punch. And the thing that really strikes me about it is... They don't focus on it, but every one of those cars is actually putting out more fluorocarbons than the entire Kardashian clan and their hairspray. 
So that's kind of fun. But I remember seeing that at like every hour on the hour when I was a kid watching uh, TV on a Saturday morning. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it And still today you can still see, I think billboards will still sh- have him on there, but he is not a Native American. He is, in fact, an Italian of Sicilian descent. Well, there you go. Yeah. The crying Sicilian actor commercial still yes. packs a punch. That way I don't have to say the I word, which is yeah, now rude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number two? Uh, let me see. Uh, so my number two is a Burger King commercial. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and it is a Burger King commercial for this uh, item that they, I think it's still a limited time item. It goes away and it comes back and it goes away and it comes back, uh, which is their chicken fries, which are essentially chicken tenders mm-hmm. in finger fries uh, that are just, yeah, just longer, thinner chicken tenders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this commercial uh, you see a neighborhood that's kind of like a West Side Story, like New York looking neighborhood. And there's this chicken and he's like surrounded by like, like cups of French fries. You know, you know what I mean? Like the little boxes that you get your French fries in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the technical term is for those, but, uh, you know, so there's like the thing and like the French fries are sticking out. And this chicken is like hanging out in a stoop with a bunch of these fries. And uh, these two other chickens come by, and one of them's like, hey, look at this chicken. I think he thinks he's a French fry. <laughs> and it's like, hey, chicken, you think you're a French fry? And the other chicken's like, yeah, well, maybe I do. And he's like, and the, chick- the first chicken's like, oh, well, 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 maybe you do. And like, well, maybe I do. Oh, well, maybe you do. Oh, well, maybe I do. <laughs> and then uh, in the end, it tells you about Burger King chicken fries. I'm pretty sure there are two versions of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first version, what I'm going to guess was the first version, um, I think it's very clear that the characters are like putting on an accent mm-hmm. to make them sound like presumably uh, like West Side Story, t- like mm-hmm. TV show 50s or Puerto Ricans or something mm-hmm. like that. But I like that one better. I think it gives it more personality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just such a weird commercial and briefly, uh, I, I think, uh, it was a popular commercial when it came out. So I was able to sort of do the, like, oh, well, maybe you do with like some of my friends. (laughs) Um, but that, that has long since passed and it, it, again, like making a little goblin face and rubbing my hands together. (laughs) Um, this is something that I can't like throw at someone else because they're not going to get the reference. Right. But yeah. I've I've always I always remember this commercial uh, fondly, even though I I actually never get chicken fries at, at K. They're okay. Yeah, the boys like them. I don't care for them. All right, we have come to the top of our list. Our number one television spot, in fact, mine has been declared the best, or I'm sorry, the greatest TV commercial of all time by TV Guide and Advertising Age magazine. I am, of course, talking about. Uh, the 1984 Apple computer that introduced the world to the Mac played only once in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. What is that? Uh, what is that? 25, 27 in 1984. I don't know how to do Roman numerals off the X, top of my head. It's X. It's X V I I I. So that's like 28, 18, 18. Uh, this is really cool. I think because number one, it is directed by Ridley Scott. 
And uh, this guy does some really amazing work when it comes to visuals and when it comes to uh, telling a story, but then to kind of lift, you know, from the year 1984, also this idea of, of this uh, totalitarian society where everybody is just locked into these gray beige boxes. And uh, suddenly a woman in, in red shorts and a tank top comes in with her giant hammer and smashes the, smashes the system with the introduction of the Mac. Uh, it's really a cool commercial. Even today, if you've seen Brazil, that is probably the closest kind of look to the 1984 commercial that you're probably going to see. Um, of that time. It's, it's really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's something that catches a lot of people's attention whenever that, whenever it pops up, it's super weird because people are like, what did I just see? What is going on in this thing? Uh, but yeah, it was really kind of a changing point, both in television, as far as production value, cost people involved, et cetera. And then also kind of this point where it's like, okay, in two days, the Mac is unleashed into the world. So uh, there you go. Uh, Apple's 1984 commercial from 1984 is my number one memorable TV advert. I knew it. I called it. I said to myself, I can't. Well, it doesn't count. This. It doesn't count if you just say it to yourself. You gotta, you gotta proclaim it far and wide to other people. Otherwise, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start tweeting my predictions. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do it. Yeah. All right, Matthew. Uh, what do you have for your number one? My number one is likely one that no one has ever heard of, but it's one of the most effective, in this case, technically PSAs, but public service ad counts, right? That's a, that's it's a commercial. Yeah, it's, a, it's an advertiser. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. In 1998, I used to work nights at a CBS affiliate in Hayes, Kansas. Uh, that was back when they had a CBS affiliate in Hayes, Kansas, and not just like a repeater station. But I would sit and I would play commercials. And after about one o'clock, one thirty in the morning, nobody's paying for ads. So we'd play a lot of PSAs and a lot of them were just, Hey, here's the ad council. Here's, you know, these people, here's the partnership for a drug free America. And they sent us a series of ads featuring Carol O'Connor, uh, the actor who played Archie Bunker and the actor who played uh, Sheriff heat of the night. And he's looking at the camera and he's just basically talking. It doesn't even feel like it's scripted. And he's just explaining, this is my son. This is my son, Hugh. And my son, Hugh, died because of uh, his drug abuse. And he ends it by saying, get between your kids and drugs any way you can. And if you've ever seen this man act, you know that Carol O'Connor can deliver a message. And I used to you know, run this at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Your brain's barely even functioning but I would always play this commercial and get the little goosebumps when Carol O'Connor would start telling me about Hugh. And one thing that you may not know about these PSA packets that come, um, we had a 90 second version, a 60, a 45, a 30, a 15, a 10 and a five second bumper. And so you could play that commercial anywhere you had a space. So if you had like a five second spot that you needed to fill right before you go to a network identification, you could literally play Carol O'Connor and it would just say that phrase, get between your kids and drugs any way you can. And I mean, just, ugh, such a powerful, memorable commercial. Uh, it's not from the 21st century, Rodrigo, but it is from 1998 when all of us were grown ups. I think. Nope. Schmuck. Um, 
But yeah, if you've <laughs> never seen it, go check it out because oh, it is haunting. Rodrigo, what is what is your number one commercial? My number one commercial is a commercial that actually got banned uh, <laughs> shortly after it premiered. Um, and it's understandable why it got banned, because if you watch this commercial, it, not just even today, but especially today, there's something that can be very disturbing about it. Um, but to me, like for me, the commercial hit me exactly. I think what the commercial with what the commercial was trying to say, and I feel that it accomplishes that. Uh, this is an Xbox 360 commercial called Standoff. And basically, um, it's like a train station, like sort of like a Grand Central Station type place. Um, there's lots of people. There's like tables. There's like a little restaurant, like a little uh, newsstand. And these two guys walk past each other and sort of give each other a look. Oh yeah, and then they pretend to pull out guns at each other and basically just point their fingers at each other. At which point, everybody else in the place pretends to pull out a gun, right? So use it just with their fingers and point them at each other, and everybody's like real into it, and they're eyeing each other nervously. There's some people have like pretending to have two guns. Some people are like kick over a table and like pretend like they're like hiding behind it with like a shotgun or whatever there's like a beat of tension and then shots quote-unquote shots are flying there's no sound effects everybody's just going like bang 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 and like people are like getting hit and they're just like ah and they like fall over um at one point this lady just like uh takes her mouth to her hand and like looks like she's like pulling something apart and then throws it and a bunch of people in a different part of the station, like, jump. Like, they just got blown up and, like, fall over. Um, there's a guy who was, like, cleaning the windows and somebody shoots him and he just, like, falls and, like, lets himself hang by his tether. Um, and then at the end, uh, one of the guys, like, is leaving the station uh, and he shoots a guy in his car who's on his cell phone. And the guy doesn't do anything, and uh, the guy who just shot him, quote unquote, is, is looks disappointed. And then he like finishes his call, looks at the guy, like nods, and then like pretends like he just got shot and like slams his face into the um, into his wheel. And that's basically it's Xbox saying like we can all play together, right? Like it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, you can get in on this and, you know, games are games. They're pretend they're not real, but they're fun. You know, it's like this idea of like everybody being into this and everybody taking part of it and everybody, you know, if you get shot, like everybody actually being like, ah, oh, I've been shot. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it really appeals to me um, because, you know, as a kid, when you did that, you got to see that. Although very frequently kids would be like, no, -uh, I got a force field or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so this not only are people doing it, like playing like their kids, but also playing along. And the fact that they're adults and the fact that there's like, um, you know, some like there's a lady who's like, bah, 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 you know, it's like, oh, this lady has a machine gun. Yeah. You know, like it's it's fun. But also um, we live in a horrifying dystopia. Uh, that is um, further fueled by uh, a out-of-control gun lobby 
And there are now basically daily instances of random gun violence throughout the United States. Um, that's like not even counting like police and not even counting organized crime. Like there's just random gun events in mm-hmm. the United States now. Um, and so I get it. <laughs> I get why this commercial got banned right away and why it will never get unbanned in any way. Um, also because nobody's trying to sell a, a PlayStation 360 nowadays. Uh, but um, I feel that if in a different timeline where uh, this wasn't a uh, where the reminder of our horrendous reality wasn't always there, uh, this commercial would have done very well. There you go. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Matthew. And dear listener, it's time for you to share your top five memorable adverts. Maybe it's the Daisy ad or Morning in America, or maybe you can't get that My Buddy song out of your head. Or maybe it's wow. This Is Your Brain on Drugs. Or the one about the two kids who find the lost belly on the beach. What's it going to be? Well, here's what you can do. You can go over to the Major Spoilers Discord server, jump into the Top 5 channel, share your Top 5 adverts. Everybody's going to sing along, hum along, read along, uh, probably even ask you to buy a product or two. Uh, why? Because everybody loves a list, and we will talk with you soon. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.